Well, it is good to be here with you this morning, and uh, you all really went out of your way to make us feel welcome by providing some snow so we feel at home, and uh, that's great. You know, we all have a, um, a worldview or a belief system um, that we live by, and it kind of becomes uh, why we, how we think the world works and, and, and what's true and, and, and what, it, what we can really trust in. Recently, I was talking to one of my friends who is uh, uh, an atheist, and he had been raised in, um, in uh, Brethren in Christ uh, home. His father was a Brethren in Christ pastor, and, and uh, so I asked him, so now, uh, what's your worldview? Like, what's your belief system? Because everybody has a belief system, so now that you're not Christian anymore, and you're an atheist, you don't believe in the existence of God, what is your, what's your worldview? And he said, well, I, I take a scientific worldview. And he said, I, I just don't believe in the supernatural. I just don't think there is a supernatural. I, I only believe in the things that can be scientifically proven. Well, that affects uh, how you live. It affects, it affects the way you, you go about life. And our belief system is so foundational uh, and another thing that he said was that he said, I think that people generally, they kind of they kind of adopt the worldview or the belief system that they're raised in. So, you know, if you're raised in a Muslim home, that's you just kind of accept that belief system. And that's and there's probably some truth to that, because that's um, that's how we're taught. And uh, but it's also a choice. And we do have a, a choice of our belief system and we do have a choice of, of what we believe in. And so today I'd like to just go through some of the things that I believe and some of the things that I, I believe to be true. Um, Murray Sinclair was a, um, uh, an Aboriginal judge in, in Manitoba. And he said that in order for anybody, in order for a person to be a balanced individual, they have to be able to give answer, an answer to three questions. The first one is, where did I come from? Uh, what happened that led to me being here? The second one is, why am I here? Is there a purpose to my life? And the third question is, where am I going? What happens to me when I die? And he says, a, a person who is, doesn't have adequate answers to those three questions cannot be a balanced individual. And he's saying a lot of the, a lot of the young people who are coming through the court system don't have answers to those three questions. And Christianity provides an adequate answer to those, um, to those three questions. When we look at, I want to talk this morning, first of all, about why I believe in a creator God. We start with, um, uh, and, and there, are, uh, there are two possibilities. Either we're alone in the universe, uh, well, Arthur Clarke said this, he said, there are two possibilities. Either we are alone in the universe or we are not. Both are equally terrifying. Uh, you think about that. And I heard someone saying, I, I can't remember who it was. I heard, so I wish I remember who said it. But there was a, a, a fairly well-known person that was saying that one of the most terrifying thoughts is that we're alone in the universe and that outside of our planet, there is no life, there's no consciousness anywhere else in the universe. We are absolutely all there is. And he's saying, that's why people get fascinated with space aliens and all those kinds of things. We hope there's somebody else somewhere. And, and God 
is our answer to that. We, yes, we don't believe we're alone. We do believe that there is someone out there. Now, there are evidences of the existence of God, but there are no proofs. Uh, so when we talk about, atheists like to say to us, well, prove it. Prove there's a God. See, you can't prove it. So, um, and I don't think we should get, I don't think we should get trapped into that, uh, trying to answer that question. I think we can turn that question around and say, well, throughout history, the majority of humanity has believed that there is a divine, that there is, there is a God. Uh, even remote uh, tribes that are isolated from everybody else in the world, they generally have a belief that there is a God. There's, because they see it in creation, right? And so now after millennium, of the almost everyone in the world believing that there's a God, you come along and say, no, there's not. I think the onus is on you to prove that there isn't a God. So can you prove to me that there isn't a God? I, let, let's, let's just, because you can't, you can't do it either way. Um, it, it, it comes down to this is what I, I believe. And you have Pascal's wager, who basically, his thing was either God exists or he doesn't. There's no third option. You're going to stake your eternal destiny on how you answer that question. And I had a friend who was an agnostic. He said, you can't know until you die, and then it's too late. And I was saying, yeah, but if, if I'm right and God does exist, then if you die and he doesn't exist, what have you lost? And if you die and he does exist, you're going to be okay, right? But if you don't believe in God and you don't, have a, uh, a, a faith in God and you die and he does exist, you're in big trouble. So Pascal's wager is basically it's safer to believe that there is a God than to, to uh, take a chance that um, there isn't. But we look at what the scriptures say um, in Genesis uh, chapter 1. Uh, well, and it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void, and the darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. That's our starting point. And then we have God as the creator of humanity. And Psalms tells us that the heavens declare the glory of God, and, and, and the firmament shows his handiwork. And so we see, we look at nature, and, and we see it just doesn't look like something that happened by chance. It's too structured. It's too, it's too organized to have just kind of happened accidentally. And you think about something, if you're going to take evolution as your belief system, you think about something as complex as the human eye, how could that have developed by chance? How, how could have that just kind of, things just kind of fell into place and, 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 and you can see and you, if you study all the components of an eye and everything that needs is needed for vision, um, it, it seems unrealistic that um, that that could have have happened. And then the moon. You think about how important the moon is. Uh, it brings balance. Without the moon, the world would wobble too much uh, for us to be able to live here. So the moon provides stability 
for the, uh, for the earth. It also tilts the earth and creates the seasons. So if, if we wouldn't have the moon, we wouldn't, have, we wouldn't have seasons. And it creates the tides. And if the moon were a little bigger, the tides, or if it was a little closer, the tides would be so great that uh, we couldn't, there couldn't be life. Uh, we couldn't be living on the earth. So if the moon vanished, the tides would stop, earthquakes and, and volcanoes would become way more frequent, the climate and seasons would change, and uh, the earth would, 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 fit, would spin faster, changing the length of, of days. And I was listening to a, a presentation by a scientist who was talking, he was talking about the, the importance of the moon and how everything has to be just, just right. The, if it was just a little bit bigger, if it was just a little bit closer, all the changes that would happen on the earth. And, and he was saying, you know, you can't really blame people who think that it was designed because he said it, it almost seems that way. And so his... But his explanation then was, he said, he thinks that, uh, he said, one explanation is that space aliens went around the universe and they looked for an object that was just the right size and then they towed it here and they put it in, in just the right spot. And I'm thinking, you know, people will believe some pretty absurd things uh, because if you take God out of the equation, how do you explain it? And so you have to come up with some pretty exotic things that you're willing to believe if you're not willing to believe in a, in a, creator, uh, in a creator God. Uh, God created humanity in, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. And so we believe that we are created in the image of God. And then uh, in Romans, we have this passage that God wants to know us and he wants to be known by us. Um, that he, uh, he created us and, and, and he wants to be in relationship with us. And then in Hebrews, he talks about how without faith, it's impossible to please God. And that the one who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So it does, does God exist. Let's think about um, way of Pascal's wager, which we talked about. But without God, if you, t if you say there is no God, then there is no meaning or uh, immortality. So then man just becomes a doomed dying race in the universe. And there, there, really, isn't, uh, there really isn't any meaning to life. Because if we're just if we're just trying to be good people, another friend of mine who's an atheist was telling me, I don't need to believe in a God in order to be a good person. I can be a good person without thinking that I'm doing it because there's a God. But if you're being a good person and there isn't anybody that you're accountable to, why? Uh, what's even the point of being good if, if, there, is no, if, if there is no accountability to a divine uh, being and so mankind then is just I mean we're just part of a whole biological sequence that is kind of endlessly going on with no purpose and and no end in sight no objective we're just we're just accidents of nature things just happen and 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 creatures 
climbed out of the slime and we gradually evolved and here we are today and and you know someday uh, robots or AI will be intelligent enough to eliminate us and we'll be like the dinosaur will be gone and there'll be higher intelligence that'll kind of go on and it all becomes meaningless right there's no there's no there's no purpose to it there's no meaning to it and so then we really don't if that's true then we don't have any more significance than just a swarm of mosquitoes where they might as well just swat us all out get rid of us I mean it, life isn't that isn't that pleasant right it's not that enjoyable to, to uh, we're I mean it's, uh, there's a lot of pain in life, so why not just get rid of us? And you see, that's, the, that's where we've come to now with the whole uh, concept of assisted dying, medically assisted dying. And it's like, well, if you're not happy here, uh, we'll help you end your life. And, and yeah, you can, you can just, uh, you can be finished. You can be done. And, and, there, and if, if, you're, if there isn't any God, if there isn't any divine presence there if there isn't anybody that we're accountable to then why not if I'm not happy uh, if this life isn't isn't rewarding why not just end it um, and so it takes the, the meaning if there is no God it takes the meaning and purpose out of life and our very existence uh, becomes meaningless secondly uh, the absurdity of life without God there's no ultimate value without God and immortality if there's no God, then all things, and no immortality, then all things are permitted. Um, if everything just becomes a matter of perspective then, so it's your opinion versus my opinion, and who is to say that a rose is more beautiful than a thorn? It, it, it doesn't, uh, what is beauty? What is, what's truth? Uh, what's right? Uh, what's better? What's worse? And, and so relativism and just society then decides what's right. Um, and everything becomes relative. Every, everything becomes up for discussion. And there is no standard of, of right and, and wrong. And so um, who's to say that, um, I mean, you, you can think, some things are wrong, but somebody else can think they're not, and society, everything is, everything is permissible then if there is no one who sets the standard. And without a God, there is no purpose without God and immortality. If death is the end and there is no judge, then there's no accountability for our actions and there's no goal. Uh, there's nothing to live for. If it's just lights out when you die and you go into nothingness, um, then what does it matter? I mean, yeah, you make some mistakes maybe and, and you wish you would have done some things differently, but in the end, it doesn't have any consequences. It doesn't have any, there's no rewards, there's no consequences. So, um, so it, it, becomes, it becomes meaningless. Um, there's no purpose then. And there can only be despair. So if we're living without accountability to a God, if there is no afterlife, then it's sort of like if you have a baseball game, but you're not really counting runs. Uh, you're just you just enjoy the game. Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you anybody crosses home plate or not. It's just I mean we enjoy baseball, right? Let's just hit balls around and and uh, catch them, see what you do. And but no, I mean well, there's a 
there's a purpose and 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 you count the runs and you decide who wins the game and then you keep track of how many games each team has won and then there's a world series where the grand finale and it's a big deal of who won the most games and then who can win the world series it's there's an objective there's a goal that baseball is professional baseball is is striving toward but if you would take that out and say well we're not having a world series we're not going to we're not gonna. We're not gonna have. I mean, we can have leagues and we can play against each other, but we're never gonna count runs. We're not gonna keep track of, you know, your batting average or or strikeouts or whatever. We're just gonna. We're just gonna enjoy playing baseball. It, it would lose. It would lose its meaning. It would lose its significance. And and so if you take God out of the equation, if you take God out of your worldview, out of your belief system, then I would suggest to you that it all becomes meaningless. And and there's just no. Uh, there's no purpose, and that's de- that's depressing. Uh, that's discouraging. If all that I'm doing in life doesn't doesn't make a difference outside, if it has no eternal significance, then I'm depressed. <laughs> like I'm expending a lot of energy for nothing. Um, and so, the belief in the existence of God also leads the belief in immortality and uh, our, our own existence in, uh, in the afterlife. Thomas Aquinas uh, lived from uh, in the 1200s, and he gave some evidences for God's existence, and these are kind of standard that are used as evidences for God's existence. And as I said, I, I, you can't really prove that God exists, but you can say there are evidences that God exists. And it's just um, like you see the evidence of wind, you see um, the tree branches moving, and, and you, you see the evidence of, of, of the wind. We see evidences of God's existence. Thomas Aquinas's first Evidence of God's existence was uh, the unmoved mover. Uh, everything in the universe is in motion. E- everything is moving. Uh, our planet is, is moving. It's, it's rotating, but it's also doing its, its rotations around the sun. But, but our whole solar system is in motion within the Milky Way galaxy, and the Milky Way galaxy is in motion with other galaxies. And everything... Everything is moving, uh, and everything that is moving has to be caused to move. Things don't move just uh, by themselves. They don't start moving on, on their own. There has to be something that uh, exerts force against something in order, to, uh, in order to make it move. And you also don't have any, any uh, you don't have Motion isn't detectable unless something is stationary. So the, the earth is, is rotating, but we don't, we don't detect it. Um, we think we're stationary here, right? Like we're not, but actually we're all moving. But because we're all moving at the same speed, we're all, we're kind of staying together here. Uh, and, and we think we're stationary. We have this sensation of being stationary. But you have to have you have to have something that's stationary in order to detect motion. And also, it took something 
to create, to put everything in motion. There had to be something that was stationary that had enough of power to put everything into motion. So I have a, an atheist uh, acquaintance in, in Sulukal, and uh, we were having a discussion one time, and, and he was telling me, I just don't it. And I don't know why he says the things to me that he does, because he knows I'm a pastor, so I don't know what, it, what he expects me to say, but uh, he was saying to me, I just can't believe how stupid people can, believe that, can be to believe that there's a God that created everything. And just like he said, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, how stupid can people be? To believe that and uh, I said well you know that's what I believe but uh, I said what do you believe like how do you think it how do you think it started and he said well we know how it started like science tells us how it started there was this matter and then there was the big bang and and everything kind of went from there and started from there we can go back and we even know how long ago it happened and we you know science tells us all those things I said so what what caused that bang to happen? Like, what made that? There was all this matter, but why didn't it just stay the way it was? Why did it suddenly explode and and start this motion? Well, he said we're we're still working on that. We're you know we're still trying to to discern what made that happen. And I said the other question is where did where did the matter come from? Like, how did that get to be there? Well, it was just always there. It was just, it was just always there. I said, well, okay, so we have two options here. You believe that matter is eternal, and it, it just was always there. It always existed. Nobody made it. It was, just, it was just always there. And then, inexplicably, it exploded. And that started the whole sequence of things happening, which resulted in, results in where we are today. I believe that God is eternally existent, that no one created him. He's without beginning, without end. He's eternally existent. And he created, he made what we see around us and he put everything in motion. And he made, so I said, you have, we have two choices. Either we believe that matter is eternal or we believe that God is eternal. So you can say that while well, believing in an eternally existent God is like, that's nonsense. Like, you, you can't prove that. But is believing in eternally existent matter any, any more believable? So you have your choice. And, um, uh, well, I'll talk about the, the, the rest of our, another conversation we had, uh, we had later. But you either, you have a choice of what you're going to believe in. And you need one almost unbelievable thing, almost incomprehensible thing in order to explain everything. Like it's almost inexplicable, it's almost unbelievable that matter was eternally existent and that it just somehow was always there, was never created, never started, never. And, and, and then on the other hand, we can't really wrap our minds around an eternally existent God either, can we? Like how, how you start thinking, I mean, we live in time, and so everything has a beginning and it has an end, and we're somewhere between that beginning and end. And to think of something that has no beginning, our minds can't quite fathom that. So you need one miracle. You need one, one unexplainable thing to kind of explain everything. And for me to have that unexplainable thing be an eternally existent God just seems to be the most, uh, 
easy for me to believe that, that, that there is that eternally existent um, God. And then we have, uh, Thomas Aquinas talks about the first cause of existence. Nothing can give existence to itself. Everything is caused to exist by, someone, by something else. Uh, and so that's what we're just talking about either. So something has to give existence to everything that exists. And for me as a, a, a believer in the existence of God, the eternal creator God is that first cause of existence. Um, so either God is eternal or matter is uh, eternal. And then the absolute necessary being. The first cause, that being a first cause must be necessary for other beings to come into existence. So God's essence and his existence are inseparable. He, he is that eternally existent God and he is the first cause. He is what, he is, he is the one who started everything that we see and who started everything that we can observe in the universe, everything that's in motion and, and how, it all, how it all works and how it all uh, fits together. It's that God who is the creator and the sustainer of the universe. He's the one who makes it happen. And then Thomas Aquinas talked about moral excellence. He said, some things are better, some things are more noble, some have more goodness, some are more true than others. Somewhere there has to exist the most absolute best, the most noble, the most true, the most, there has to be perfection somewhere. And that is God. That's because that becomes the measuring point. And God would say to the children of Israel over and over again, you be holy because I'm holy. And if there isn't any standard, if there isn't perfection, if there isn't the most, the best, if there isn't the most noble, if there isn't the most true, then everything is relative again. Then we go back to relativism and it's all kind of, well, it's your idea, my idea, and we all just kind of live by whatever we want. But no, there, there has to be something that we're all aiming toward. There has to be something that that's, that's the standard. That's, that's perfection. That's what we... That's what we're striving for. There, there, that has to exist or else, or else we just have relativism. And then uh, the existence of a final goal or purpose. Thomas Aquinas said, all things operate towards some end goal. There has to be, and that has to be directed by intelligence. Um, and that intelligence is God. So we have two choices Either the universe has a designer or it's totally random and accidental. Uh, it's, either one, it's either one or the other. And I believe in a designer. I believe in a God who is eternally existent, who created the universe and who created humanity. Anthony Flew was a, uh, a well-known uh, atheist in, in Britain and before his death, he became a theist. He didn't become a Christian, but he became a theist. And Anthony Flew wrote a paper and he said the reason he left his belief in atheism and became a theist was he said there's three questions that he couldn't answer as an atheist 
that believing in the existence of God answered. The first question was, how did the laws of nature come to be? How did, how did the structure and the order that we see in the universe, how did that come into existence? Secondly, how did life originate from non-life? How did, there, how did there suddenly happen to be things that, that were alive? And you have to have, even if you believe in evolution, you have to have out of non-life, out of dead matter, something had to create that first single cell living thing that then went on to, to evolve into what, what we see in the world. But how did that happen? How did that, first, how did that first single cell become alive? What created life? And, how did, and his third question was, how did the universe come into being? Um, and, uh, you know, I, I was reading an article, and I, I'm not enough of a scientist to even understand what I was reading, so I, I'm not going to be able to explain this to you, but there was something that scientists have observed that they can't explain, and this article was saying that as scientists, they've had the, this theory of the Big Bang for a number of generations now, but there's too, there, there are more and more things that don't fit, that they're observing, that scientists are observing that don't fit into the Big Bang model. And there's, this article was saying, we've stretched the Big Bang model to where it's about to explode itself. And we're going to have to develop a whole new theory because the Big Bang theory, there's just too many things that don't fit. And so, somehow, just a basic belief in a creator God, to me, is, it just, it's just makes uh, a lot of sense. I thought I had this on a slide, but I don't. I hear uh, someone said, in order to be an atheist, I would need to believe that nothing produced everything, that none life produced life, that randomness produced precision, and that chaos produced order. And I just don't have that much faith. And so I just encourage you to um, not be intimidated. You know, we can, sometimes people in our scientific society that we live in, we were talking to um, some couples that, some refugee couples that we sponsored, Christian refugees, that we sponsored uh, that came to Sioux Lookout from, they were originally from Pakistan and they faced a lot of persecution in Pakistan as Christians from the Muslim community. We're talking about persecution. You were saying, you know, in Pakistan, your persecution was from the, uh, the Muslim people. In Canada, our persecution is from, this, from, this, from secular society. And people just kind of like to tell, well, you guys are kind of stupid, you know, you're just sort of, I mean, you, you have this, faith in a God and, and you know that, that was all fine back in the 1700s but um, but now you know we just know better and, and, uh, and it's just like my, my atheist friend uh, told me you know, I just don't believe how stupid people can believe the, be that would believe that a, a God created everything um, and so our, our struggle is, is against secularism in our society and against people who who really have taken a scientific, and science has become truth. Science has become God. And for us to just back up from that and say, no, there is a creator God. Uh, I'm convinced that that's true. 
and that lays the groundwork then for our worldview and our um, belief system. Jim.